Good evening, Threads. Hello, everyone. How are you? Okay, let's try that again. How are you? Are you well? That's good. It's wonderful to be with you tonight. I know that none of you have had any input in inviting me here, but I really appreciate it, and I'm really excited about spending the next kind of four hours or so preaching with you guys and talking to you guys. You can laugh. It was supposed to be a joke. It'll only be about 25 minutes max. Fingers crossed. Um, My full name is Grace Louise Wheeler, as of four weeks ago. Um, I'm 24 years old. I live in a town uh, really near here called Starbridge with my husband. It's very exciting. Um, And I work with the wonderful, your very own, Laura Hancock and Beth Newman as well at Youth for Christ. I have worked there for uh, five years. For the first three years, I led a street dance crew called Stance. Are there any dancers in the house? There's a few and a couple of former members. Hello. And uh, the last two years, uh, I have been traveling around the country, like Laura said, as an evangelist, telling young people about Jesus, telling young people who might not yet know him and introducing them to him, uh, or telling young people who are Christians about how they can make a difference in their world and in their environment. I've been a Christian since the age of eight years old. I've had some challenges along the way, but I've stuck with Jesus all the time. And uh, I'm proud to say that. I'm proud to say that I've been able to do that because I love Jesus and he transformed my life from the inside out. Um, Me and Nathan, my uh, husband, uh, we met here at Zion Christian Centre when we were babies. My dad was the minister of this church for a short time and he dedicated Nathan, so that means he just prayed over Nathan. How weird is that? And then we kind of had our first dates in the crash and, you know, and and the the Sunday school and then lost contact and 20 years later he came and fixed the toilet in our house and hey, uh, he was a plumber by the way, it wasn't just just general. Um, And so any Anyway, we're married and we're really enjoying it. I feel like I've got this marriage thing nailed now. Uh, we're really, really enjoying it. Four weeks into it, he's, he's doing a lot of the washing. Surprise, surprise. I know. He actually knows how to work a washing machine. And uh, I'm doing a lot of the cooking, but it's going well. It's going really, really well. This um, past month, there's been quite a few firsts for people. Oh my goodness, can I have some water? My throat is going quite dry. Um, There's been quite a few firsts for me. Uh, One of the firsts is that uh, I got married uh, and my my name changed. That felt really strange. It still does. My name was Tween. It's now Wheeler. Uh, Another thing was that I've started an Instagram account due to your very own Jack Smith, I might add. He got me on Instagram. He's very proud of himself. It's taken him a while. But also, um, and I'm not... I'm not kind of proud of this, but this past week, I went to my first and hopefully my last speed awareness course. I know. (laughs) Oh, wow, I didn't expect such a judgmental reaction. Um, But the worst thing about this is that I was actually caught speeding on the way home after speaking at New Wine. So it just gets better. Uh, Half 11, apparently, at night, the um, speed cameras work on the M5. So just watch out, drivers out there. Um, But I don't know, maybe it's a a first uh, night for you here, or maybe you have been here a hundred times before. But what I want to say to you right from the offset is that you are so welcome here, that you belong in this place, that Zion is a church where you don't have to believe to belong, where you can just be yourself, warts and all, you can come as you are and you can belong and you can fit in and you can feel loved. I travel around the country a lot, meeting lots of different leaders, and I'm going to actually just do a little cheeky shout out to two of your leaders here, 
Laura and Andy. Andy dismissed my friendship earlier, but I'm going to redeem it. <laughs> Andy and Laura are friends of mine, but more than that, they are some of the most fearless, committed, devoted, passionate leaders that I have ever seen. And I just want to recognize them tonight as your leaders here, that they love you, that they have been called here to Hal Zoen <laughs> to bless you and to live life with you. And that I see, believe you me, I see behind the scenes sometimes, and I see how actively they pray for you, how actively they want to love you. And so right now, I want you to go crazy for your leaders, Andy and Laura, and I want you to shout on the count of three that you are loved. One, two, three. Oh, you can do better than that. You can do way better than that. On the count of three, shout it out. You are loved. One, two, three. They are. And I just, re- as I was preparing this talk, I felt like it was, I felt like some of you guys in here, you just need to know that. You just need to recognize that. Because I've grown up in church my whole life, and I've had leaders that I've looked up to. And I've been blessed with leaders. But believe you me, when I go around this country, sometimes there are young people very similar to you in very similar situations that you're in. And they don't have leaders like that that they can look to. That they can, they, they can, they can um, what's the word, share life with. That they can go down deep. And I know that these guys will be with you when it's good and be when you, with you when it's bad. And I know that some of you in here have experienced that. It's really important that we show our leaders love. We're going to be talking about love tonight. Turn to the person next to you say, you are loved. <laughs> Oi, I heard that. <laughs> that you are loved. <laughs> Do you like the person that you're sitting next to? No. Oh, well, you've you got to get used to it because uh, I'm going to be here for a little while. Make it work, people. Make it work. Turn to the person and say, you are looking fantastic tonight. Okay, bring it back. Tonight we're going to look at the love of Jesus. Because the love of Jesus has completely and utterly just... Turn my life upside down. <laughs> my eyes might sweat during this preach. Um, I might get a little bit of hay fever, but it's all cool. Just want to put that out there. <laughs> you are so loved. You are so loved. I'm sorry to do this. I wasn't gonna. I wasn't planning on doing it, but I just really feel like God's got a word for you. Is that okay? Yeah. Is that okay? Are we cool with that? Okay, Um, so as I was standing here, I was worshipping Jesus, and he just drew my eyes to you, and sometimes when the Spirit speaks to me, it's kind of like, um, it's not necessarily like an audible voice, it's sometimes just a thought that kind of goes on repeat, 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 and it just won't stop. Has that ever happened to any of you? Sometimes you need to trust that a little bit more. If that happens to you, you need to trust that that is Jesus, that 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 the Holy Spirit is speaking to you in that moment. Anyway, back to you. Hello. Nice to meet you. This feels a bit strange, doesn't it? But I was standing there and I was looking at you and I really felt like God just say, he's got his hand on your life. <sighs> Jesus, it's okay. Just hay fever. And he just wants to use you. 
He wants to use you in your world. And that he is speaking to you. You just need to trust it more. You just need to trust when he's speaking to you. Because his hand is on your life. And he wants to use you. And I know this is it's a recent journey, right? This is a recent thing. But he just wants to take you. And he just wants to use you in your world. To set people free. And so he wants you to have a boldness. So later on, I want Andy to pray with you about that. He just wants this boldness. It's just going like, to ignite within you. And you're just going to start seeing incredible things. Incredible things in your friends and also in your family. Not sure what that quite means. But I believe that he wants to tell you that your family aren't too far away from him. And I don't know what that means. I don't know what that looks like to you. But he's got them. They're already in the palm of his hand. And that you're, you're already making movements in your community for Jesus. And he wants to keep doing that. So you just trust him. And you trust that voice. And you trust it when he speaks to you in your heart. That that is Jesus. Because the enemy will come in and say that it's not. That it's you. But it's Jesus saying that to you. Is that okay? Okay, great. Um, wow, let's go back to my notes. Not sure where we were. Um, we're going to talk about love tonight. That might happen a little bit throughout this evening. I hope that's okay. It doesn't freak anyone out. I just love Jesus and I, I love sharing him and what I feel like he's saying. Um, okay. Wow, I really need to get back to my notes. Okay, um, so tonight we're going to talk about love. And I think that we can definitively say two things about love. One is that we all have a desire to be loved. Two, that we have a desire to love. One, that we have a desire to be loved. Two, that we have a desire to love. And we are obsessed with love in our culture. Like Rihanna says, um, love is on the brain. It's everywhere we look. It's in music. Okay, just uh, have a listen to the top 40 uh, with uh, Greg James on a Friday afternoon. <laughs> what an insight that is uh, into culture of the day. But have a listen. Have a listen. And you will see that so many songs are wrapped up in love or heartbreak. Hashtag shout out to my ex, Little Mix. Do you know what I mean? Everything we listen to, everything that we're connected with is about love, is about being accepted, is about belonging. On the count of three, I want you to shout out your favorite love film, all right? Now think outside the box here, because I think Nemo's a bit of a love story. So just think outside the box. But on the count of three... I want to hear them. Shout out your favourite love films. Hashtag we love notebook. One, two, three. Okay, shout a bit louder. One, two, three. I think I heard Transformers in that. Transformers? I'm not really sure if that qualifies. But anyway, we see it everywhere we look. If you love someone enough, you'll sit with them and watch The Notebook, whether you like it or not. Hint, hint, Nathan Wheeler. We still haven't got to that. We've been together for three years. If you, if you love something enough, you'll watch it with the other person. Or you'll do it for the other person. On social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter... We're continually encouraged to put ourselves out there. Why? Yeah, because it might be fun to take a few shots of some plates 
of dinners I'm finding out on Instagram that's pretty popular, or a tree, or something like that. Um, but what is, what is this innate desire within us? I believe it's to be loved. I believe it's to be accepted. I believe that we really have an innate desire to belong. And I experienced that. Growing up in a culture that tells you continually that you're not good enough, that you never will be, that unless you fit into this description, then people won't want to know. I know a God that says something completely different. But how, how can we know what love is if we don't know who love is? How can we know what love is if we don't know who love is? I want to begin this evening by saying that I believe in Jesus. And I'm proud of that. He's changed my life from the inside out. I believe that 2,000 years ago, he came on this very earth, the earth that you and me walk on. And he lived a life that I couldn't live, but died a death that I deserved to die. Let me say that again. He lived a life that I couldn't live, a perfect one, but he died a death that I deserved to die. Why? Because I'm worth it. Why? Because you are too. And even if you had been the only person to ever walk on this earth, he still would have done that for you. Who wants this? It's a £10 note. Oh my gosh, guys. You guys are quite, uh, quite held back. Who really wants this? Who would like... Stand up on the chair. They want it that bad. Oh, okay. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Health and safety. Health and safety. Wow. Okay. Everybody, back on your bums. Uh, yeah, you. Do you want to come out? No. Isaac. <clears throat> Isaac, what's your name? Uh, Isaac. Great. Um, great to meet you, Isaac. Uh, why do you want this ten pound? You can have a look at it. Raise it up to the sky. See the Queen's lovely face. Yeah, that's Charles Darwin. Oh, is it? Cha- no, you can't. There we go. Yeah, there. Charles Darwin. Hmm. Know your stuff, Isaac. I was homeschooled, so I'm a bit behind. Um, why do you want it? Because it's worth stuff. Because it's worth stuff. Yeah. Uh, what would you buy? I'm not very good at this microphone thing. What would you buy with it? Uh, I don't know. Probably just keep it. You just keep it. Save it. Yeah. Save it. Rescue that. Okay. Um, do you still want it? Yeah. Why? Because most shopkeepers really don't care. <laughs> most shopkeepers really don't care. And it's still worth the same. Okay? Still worth the same amount, right? Yeah. Okay. So what about now? Who said yes? Hello. Love the ponytail working it why would you still want this because like still worth sweets good answer what if i spat on it would you still want it yeah why that's disgusting (laughs) i think i think some dribble would have gone on that now. You still don't care. Isaac still wants it. No. Why, Isaac? Because if it was in my house, it would be as d- it would be even dirtier than that. Really? 
What would be, let's just pause this for a second. What would be on this? Are your parents in the room? Uh, no. Thank the Lord. No one else on podcast. It's going out on podcasts. Shout out to podcasts. Um, why would it be dirtier in your house? Uh, because, I don't know. No, no, my pet died uh, this year, actually. <laughs> so sorry. I think we should wrap this up, do you? Yeah. Before you cry. Yeah. I wasn't actually going to give this away, but Isaac! <laughs> wow, done that a lot of times. That's never happened. First time for everything. But the point of that is, not that pets die, um, but the point of that is that it didn't change the value. It'd been scrunched up. Some of you may have seen it before. It's a quite a well-used illustration, but it's been scrunched up, spat on, stood on, yet it's still worth the same amount. And that is exactly how Jesus sees you. That when he was on that cross, he saw you because he knows how precious you are because he created you completely and utterly. It's a love that takes broken people and allows them to find hope again. It's a love that reaches out to people who feel completely alone, depressed and isolated. It's a love that shows people that they are worth dying for. A love that sets people free. It's love that changes the game. You can't find this love online. You can't find it on christianmingle.com. I don't even know if that's a website. Is it? That would be depressing. Oh, it is. Uh, okay. Shout out to uh, christianmingle.com. Hope it goes well. Hope people find love. Wow, I'm doing really well tonight, Laura and Andy. I hope you're going to invite me back. It's not something that you can find in a song or a film or a relationship. And believe you me, I've tried. It's not anything that can satisfy other than Jesus. Our culture is so thirsty for love that we will look and search in every single potential place to gain it. We'll search in every single area. But when we do that, we're accepting the counterfeit, the superficial, the fake version of love that will not satisfy I have found a love that is personal, a love that is public, and a love that is powerful. And these things tonight are going to represent my three points. This is a photo of me and Hannah. Say hi, Hannah. It's weird, isn't it? Um, Hannah actually lives in America, but she's one of my closest friends. She's very dear to my heart. Um, and we were taking lots of photos just before I was getting on a plane back over here from Washington a couple of years ago. We were having lots of laughs. And it's just a real memory for me. It's something personal. Um, love is, God's love is public. And so just the microphone is just going to symbolize that tonight. And this was my, this was Nathan's idea. I was like, what, what do you think of represent power? And of course he was like, a drill. Oh my gosh. Okay. Didn't realize that, that makes such loud noise. A drill. So those are going to... Um, Represent my points tonight. Firstly, that his love is personal. Five years ago, 
I went to a school uh, actually, with Rebs. That's weird, isn't it? With Rebs. Uh, when Rebs was in stance with me, we travelled around the UK and we were uh, in Bournemouth. I think that might have been the week that you got appendicitis, potentially. Fun week that was. Anyway, we were in this school and uh, all throughout the week we'd been teaching dance, we'd been doing assemblies, we'd been doing workshops. And then on the last day, uh, we often would put on an event and we'd share the gospel with the young people. We'd just tell them a little bit of what I've told you about Jesus and he how he came to die for us and how we're worth it, worth dying for. Anyway, so we'd kind of throw that in amongst a few performances. And this particular evening, um, we, were, uh, we were putting on this event. I was super tired. So I said to the girls uh, just before the event started, girls, you know what to do at the end. Just smile and wave. We're going to walk out the door. I'm going to treat us to Krispy Kremes on the way back. Just like let that be your motivation. Anyway, we were coming to the end, uh, end of this event, and a little bit about, a little bit like what happened with you just then. Actually, I just saw this guy walk into the room, and the door goes bam, and in walks this six foot year eleven, and he goes right to the back of the room, sits on a chair, and skids it back as if to say, "Show me what you got." And I was used to, like, year 11's evils, do you know what I mean? But this was, like, another level. It was like he was, like, wanting me to fail. Anyway, as I was standing, finishing up this talk, I really felt like the spirit, again, just spoke to me. And that's not something that's scary for me. It's just something that kind of is, like, uh, it's just like a thought or it's like a feeling that just keeps going around and around and around. Anyway, the thought was this. You need to go and speak to this guy. Jesus, I've really worked hard for you this week. I've done lots of lessons. I've given my best. I just want some donuts. This is not the time. Anyway, the girls look at me like, we're ready to smile and wave. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to go and quickly talk to this guy. They always knew when I said quickly, it meant kind of half an hour and hour. <laughs> um, anyway, so I rushed the back. I was like, hey, dude, how are you? Like, how, like, you know, how are you? What was, what was it? What was it like? Did you enjoy it? And for 45 minutes, he disproved the existence of God. He told me every single reason under the sun why the God that I was speaking about didn't exist. In fact, so much so that by the end of it, I was kind of coming around to his idea, <laughs> his way of thinking. Anyway, he was kind of giving me all these reasons, reasons that I like, never really heard before. And so I just started praying. I was like, Jesus, you've got to give me something. You've got to speak through me because I've just got no answers right now for this. So anyway, much like before, but slightly clearer, I felt like God say this. At the age of seven, Archie, Archie's his name. At the age of seven years old, his dad walked out on him. And he can't relate to me being a father because the only viewpoint of a father that he's ever had is someone that has walked out on him and abandoned him. Wow. Let me just paint the scene for a second. Year 11, six foot, rugby guy, head boy, Bournemouth, old school hall. Me, along with a couple of the stunts girls, sat here listening to him. And God speaks this to me. And I had a moment and I had a choice to either step out and be bold 
or to hold it in? And the scarier question, even of those two, was what if I don't? What if I don't? And yes, I had all the thoughts going around my mind. What if this is wrong? What if, like, he thinks I'm an utter freak? He already does, so that kind of goes out the window. What shall I do? I'm going to make the step. So I did. And I told him exactly what I've just told you. And as tears started streaming down his face, in the back of an old assembly hall in Bournemouth, this lad understood for the first time that this Jesus that I was talking about was personal and that he cared about him and that he saw him. And I believe that some of you in here tonight need to know that because I knew that. I could, I've grown up in church. I can recite all the Bible verses. I can recite all the choruses, all the songs. And I knew it in here, but I didn't know it in my heart. I hadn't made a connection. And I believe some of you tonight might need to respond in that way. That you need to connect with this personal God. Secondly, he is a public God. This time last week, I was sat on my sofa with one of my closest friends. We're going to call her Claire. Uh, Claire, and she, um, she was, was sat with me on my lovely new sofa. Uh, we were eating chocolate biscuits and having a cup of tea, and I hadn't seen her since my wedding. And um, Claire is not a Christian. She uh, grew up as a, a Christian uh, in kind of her early days. Her parents are Christians, but she kind of really made a, a very, very clear decision that she wasn't going to go that route, and so has gone a very, very different route. Anyway, we've remained really, really close friends. In fact, she did my hair at my wedding. Anyway, she came and sat on the sofa with me just literally last Sunday. And um, we were talking about the wedding. And she just said, Grace, um, I hope it's okay, but I just need to tell you something about your wedding day. And I was like, oh, my word. <laughs> like, did I have my underwear on show? Like, what was what? Anyway, it's okay. None of that happened. But she said there was just something different about it. And I was like, you were there the whole time. You saw everything that everybody else saw. You were in the worship. You saw us made, make our vows uh, together. You, you kind of fixed my hair when I was taking photos. You sat as the speeches were going on. What do you mean there was something different about it? She was like, I've been to a lot of weddings. There was just something different about yours. She was like, there was a love, and it, it, wasn't, it wasn't just the love that you and Nathan had for each other. It was just, there was just like something that I could feel in the atmosphere. I said, Claire, that is the love that you've been searching for. And you've been searching in so many different places. And I've walked this with her. I've sat there while she's been broken over another guy. I've sat there with her when she's been hung over from the night before. I said, Claire, this is the love that you've been searching for. She said, I know. She said, the whole time that I was at your wedding, she said, I just knew it was this one thing. She said, it was Jesus. 
God is public. And he wants you to make him public in your world, in your communities, in your areas. I went to Greece a few years ago on a um, girls' holiday. Uh, two things, well, a couple of things you need to know about me. I was homeschooled, which kind of meant that I was um, just kind of like bird watching and skipping kind of as my pastimes. Anyway, so um, I, I'm de- being deadly serious. Um, anyway, so we went on a girls' holiday, me and two of my friends from college. I thought this was going to be a great idea. Uh, we went for a couple of weeks. I was excited about seeing the Greek birds. They were excited about the clubs. Anyway, we got there and we had a brilliant time. Fantastic couple of weeks. I was having my orange juice shots while they were having the sambuca. And we are just really loving it. It was great. We were having a great time. And this one night, it kind of, kind of stayed out quite late. And they were like, let's go to a phone party. Phone party far from what I'd thought in my head. I kind of walked in and walked straight back out. Anyway... I'm ashamed to say this, but as I walked back to the hotel and left them there, I kind of just felt a bit self-righteous. I felt, that means, um, just I just thought, I've got this all together. I've just got this sorted. I know that Jesus loves me, and I don't need, uh, I don't need to get drunk to have a great time, and I don't need boys to have a good time. I, I just, I know that Jesus loves me. I'm right there and then. I felt like the Spirit spoke to me and said this. The only difference between you and them is me. The only difference between you and your world is Jesus. And you are called to be him. Lastly, and we're coming into land. God is one of power. There was a man called J. John. There is a man called J. John. (laughs) He is an evangelist. He's a communicator. And uh, I was with him just uh, a couple of weeks ago, and he was sharing about how he became a Christian. And um, he told me how he had this encounter, this moment with Jesus that changed his life. How did he become a Christian? Through his friend, Andy, at college, who told him about Jesus, who was brave enough and bold enough to share his faith. And J. John suddenly had an encounter with Jesus, never the same again. The next day, he walks into college. He stops by this homeless man. He says, hey, can I buy you a drink? He buys him a drink. How long have you been here? This is, this is, where, I, this is where I kind of live. This is, this is my home. No, but, but no, no, no. I, I walk by this, this path every day. I have done for four months. I've, I've never noticed you. No, no, I've, I've, I've been here the whole time. This is, this is literally the place I hang. Here and round the back of the dumpster. Just in between the two. He said, I've never noticed you. Why? Because he had an encounter with Jesus and he saw differently. When you have an encounter with the living God, when you understand how much he loves you and his love for others, you start and begin to see your world, your school, your friends, your community, your family differently through the eyes of Jesus. Can the band come back up? His love is personal. His love is public. And his love is powerful. It makes a difference. A huge difference. How can you show love publicly this week glory 
spirit is among us. How can you show love this week to your friends, to your community? What would it look like? What would it look like if people in your school, if people in your world, in your community said, you know those people that go to Zion? You know those young people that are from Zion? They, they love without question. They invite. As soon as we walk into that place, we feel as though we belong, that we're accepted. What would it be like if people around Halzoin and wider started to know Zion? Young people as game changers. As leaders. As people who love without condition. The Bible talks about love 510 times. God's love is powerful. It's a powerful force to be reckoned with. It's more powerful than any car I drive, more powerful than any thought you have about yourself, more powerful than the hold that someone has over you. When you truly encounter God's love, I believe you will never be the same again. That it will determine how you treat others, how you treat yourself. You'll begin to see things differently for the very first time. You'll begin to notice people you have never noticed before. You will gain a love that is not selfish and self-centered, but selfless. God's love is the only love that will satisfy. In 1 Corinthians, it says that love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking, it's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It protects, always trusts, always hopes, always preserves. What if you took the word love and put your name? What if you took out that word love and you put your name, what would it look like? Grace is patient, grace is kind. Grace does not envy, she does not boast. Grace is not proud. Grace does not dishonor others. Grace is not self-seeking, she's not easily angered. She keeps no record of wrongs. Grace does not delight in evil, but she rejoices with the truth. She always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always preserves. Will you stand with me? Wave tonight, just close your eyes for a second. Wave tonight, you put your name there. God is personal. God, yes, is public and yes, he's powerful. He's personal. He wants you to know tonight that he came to die for you. Even if you'd been the only person to ever walk upon this earth. He loves you that much that he still would have died for you. God is public. He doesn't want it to be kept hidden. What's the flipping point? If we know this, but we keep it to ourselves. I've been married a month and I want to tell everybody, I drop husband into sentences that doesn't need it. Why? Because I want everybody to know my love for him. But more than that, I want people to know my love for Jesus. That's why I do what I do. Believe you me, it's not because of the pay. Believe you me, it's not because of the pay. It's because I love him. And I've seen young people changed. Do you know that the disciples were generally aged around your age? And what? They changed the face of the planet. You're here because of them. You're here because of the sacrifice that they made. It's a public.
love that we need to show in our world, in our communities? What does it look like if you invite three of your friends this week? It took me five years to invite one of my best friends to church. Every week, every month, asking her, asking her, asking her. Three months ago she came. Why? She said this, because I trust you. I've seen you as a friend over the last five years and I trust you. Don't give up. Keep asking. Keep inviting because this is the only place. You carry the only thing that will satisfy and that is the love of God. God's love is powerful. He wants to use you. Stop thinking. Some of you in here think that you're not good enough. Think that God can never use you. Little old me, do you know what? Sorry, Anne, am I going over? I'm coming into that. I used to think, oh, I'm too young. I'm too small. He wants to use you. Don't let anything get in the way of that. I'm going to read something just quickly and then we're going to go into land. He is the first and the last. He is the beginning and the end. He's the keeper of creation and the creator of all time. He's the architect of the universe and the manager of all. He always was, always is, always will be unmoved, unchanged, undefeated and never under. He was bruised but brought healing. He was pierced but eased pain. He was persecuted but brought freedom. He was dead and brings life. He is risen to bring power and he reigns to bring peace. The world can't understand him. Armies can't defeat him. Schools can't explain him. And leaders, they can't ignore him. Herod, he couldn't kill him. Nero couldn't crush him. The new age cannot replace him and Justin Bieber cannot explain him away. You remind yourself that he is light, he is love, he is longevity and he is the Lord. He is goodness and kindness and faithfulness and he is God. He is holy and righteousness and powerful and pure. His ways are right. His word is eternal. He will changed and his mind is on us he's our savior our guide our peace our joy our comfort our lord and he rules our lives i serve him because his bond is love his yoke is easy his burden is light and his goal for us is abundant life he'll never leave you never forsake you never mislead you never forget you never overlook you and never cancel your appointment in his appointment book when you fall he'll lift you up when you fail forgive you. When you're weak, he's strong. When you're lost, he's your way. When you're afraid, he's your courage. When you stumble, he will steady you. When you're hurt, he's going to heal you. When you're broken, he will mend you. When you're blind, he will lead you. When you're hungry, he will feed you. When you face trials, he's with you. When we face persecution, he shields us. When I face problems, he'll comfort me. When I face loss, he'll provide for me. He is everything for everybody, everywhere, every time and in every way. He is your God. Why don't you give him a clap tonight? Because he is that God that never changes. 